Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about why you need your own rejection resume. Today, I brought on Dr. Eli Joseph, author, educator, and TEDx speaker. Dr. Eli Joseph currently serves as a faculty member at Columbia University and Queens College and is a partner and medical examiner at Exam One, a Quest diagnostic company. Using rejection to fuel his professional achievements, he earned a bachelor's degree at the age of 20, a master's at the age of 21, and a doctorate degree while teaching at an Ivy League institution at 24. As a partner at Exam One, Dr. Joseph works with the nation's top insurance firms, including AIG, Prudential, William Penn, and John Hancock. His new book, The Perfect Rejection Resume, A Reader's Guide to Building a Career Through Failure, which released February 15th, 2022, this last month, compiles lessons about failure from his own life experiences and those of seven influential thought leaders. So as you can see, we're going to get down dirty and talk about rejection. I'm so excited. This episode's going to be just amazing. So let's launch right into it with our 262nd episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Dr. Eli Joseph, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Chris. How are you? I'm super amped up, mainly because this is a topic that I can relate to getting rejected so much in the past. And I know it's something that a lot of our job seekers relate to as well, and something that relates to you. And I think this is going to be an episode that changes some lives here. So I'll open it up. I love this concept of failure, this concept of rejection. We don't talk about it enough, and it's something that I think we need to make our allies. So one thing that your publicist noticed earlier is that you personally overcame more than 1,500 educational and professional rejections and used them to attain landmark achievements from earning that doctorate at the age of 24 and to pretty much all the amazing things you've accomplished to today. So please open up with some of these failures that shaped your career if you feel so compelled to do. And I know it's quite the opener, but would you be able to do that for listeners? Yeah, sure. I can even talk about like, I just realized I was in school and I was in elementary school many moments ago. And I remember when I would understand the situation, I'm in class and the teacher would, you know, would, would ask a question and we would respond, Q&A. And I would raise my hand. I would raise my hand. I know the answer to the question. I would raise my hand. And the teacher deliberately just skips over me and basically chooses the next student that kind of know the answer. I'm the first one to raise my hand first. <laughs> and the teacher just, you know, skips over me. And the student that got it right, you know, they would get that praise and, you know, the applause from the teachers. And it's like, man, I, you know, how come you overlooked me? You overlooked me. And I was the one that got it first. I could have got the answer right. And, you know, that was the point where that was actually the starting point to me understanding that I have the skill sets to succeed. However, the reality is the fact that, you know, the teachers and the professors and even a professional, they would probably not pick on me first. They'll pick on someone else and I'll get overlooked. Mm. And, you know, from that on, from that point on as an elementary student, gradually going on to middle school and high school, I would accumulate those small losses, the small losses over time. Um, I wouldn't say they were bad losses, but they were just losses yeah. that I, I would pick up over time. And I remember, you know, applying to schools, different schools while I was on my junior year, going on to my senior year, 
I would apply and I would get these early action, early decision rejection from the top Ivy League institutions. We're talking about Columbia. We're talking about Yale. Yeah, we're talking about Dartmouth, Brown, Penn, Cornell. I'll just get those rejection resumes done. The rejection resume was coming soon, but those letters coming in, the regret emails coming in from those universities, that was the kickoff to my whole entire story. You know, I just continuously just use my efforts to make a name for myself, but I knew it was an uphill battle from there and I wanted to make a story out of it. And this is it. This is basically it. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great that like you draw in from such a young age and the awareness that you built over time of like, okay, I'm getting rejected. This is happening, but it doesn't, it's not the end. Clearly you're building the narrative of like, I'm going to continue on persisting. And this is just a natural part of life. I think is what you tell yourself. It's the inner story that you tell yourself. So, you know, whereas a lot of people, I think they take rejection. So personally, they see it as just, okay, this is a hit to my ego, or this is a hit to my own sense of self-worth. And I think it's, it's detrimental to, I think, progress and moving forward. So I just want to hear, like, have you always felt this sense of being able to persist through rejection? Or is it something that you had to learn at some point? I think it's more so of not proving other people wrong or not proving people wrong in general, but proving my own self right. I want to make sure that I'm right rather than prove, trying to prove people wrong. When I was obtaining those type of, of regret email, it hurt. It stings. It stings when you get, you know, those regret emails and the rejection from the institutions or the organizations that you wanted to work at or attend. But I knew coming in, I had to get over it. I had to get over it. And you never know. You never really know. Tables may turn. The same organization that have reached out that, that rejected you for today they may reach out to you in the future saying, hey, you know, we may need your help. We may need your service. So you don't want to take things too personal. But at the same time, you also want to utilize that time to get better and progress by yourself. So that way you can prove yourself right. Once again, you yeah. want to prove yourself correct rather than try to prove other people wrong. So that yeah. way, when the time comes, yeah, the table will turn. You never really know. So I never yeah. wanted to just, you know, like take things personal. Yeah, I love it. It's all business. Yeah, it is all business. And it's hard to tell yourself at the moment. And I'm glad you're being real with listeners. Yeah, it stings. Like we can't always be machines 100% of the time. Be like, okay, rejection, I will be fine. I will move on to the next thing. You know, sometimes it really does suck. And yeah, I mean, I remember just however many years ago when I got rejected for my dream college, I was really hurt by it. I mean, I wanted to go to University of Texas at Austin ever since I was a really young age. And I remember not getting in and just being really like, I would say it was pretty crushed, especially if you set your sights to it for that many years and you don't get into it. But I ended up taking that same rejection and I ended up going to what I consider my dream school now. And it ended up shaping essentially where I am today. And so I think pretty much taking that negative and turning into a positive is what we're trying to get listeners to frame their mindsets to. And I think it's so great like your case in point, going through those 1,500 educational professional rejections, I think that that says a lot. I agree. And the thing is, once again, Genesis behind the perfect rejection resume. That's the book. Rejection is not perfect. However, it perfectly fits your story. You know, if you accepted at the University of Texas and you got, you got accepted at your dream school, 
that's nice, but I don't think you would have that like that story, that redemption, you know, the story of redemption yeah. that that makes you who you are today. You know, granted, I said this to myself and I said it in a joking manner that if I got accepted at Princeton or if I got accepted at Columbia University, that was my dream school. I would never be able to talk about it. I would never have a book out. I would never be here right. talking about how I was able to overcome rejection. So it's a blessing in disguise. It's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I love it. So let's make this real for job seekers and talk about the concept of the rejection resume. And we know how many jobs that people are getting rejected to every single day. And people listening to this podcast right now, probably somebody got rejected just an hour ago. So how does this concept of the rejection resume tie into our job search? First of all, what is a rejection resume? Let's just lay out the definition. So we understand what a traditional resume is. It basically is a document, it's a one pager that documents our accolades and our accomplishments that accumulated over time. A rejection resume is the complete opposite. It's a document that highlights our lowlights. In other words, it basically talks about how you've been rejected by Facebook, you've been rejected by Harvard, Stanford, you've been rejected by Penn Wharton, you've been dismissed by a university, you've proposed to your girlfriend and <laughs> you got denied, <laughs> you got rejected. Yeah. So it's basically the your lowlights, the points where you've been rejected so many times by, let's say, JP Morgan, and you've accounted that, you accounted for that. So... When we think of a rejection resume, it's basically a document that highlights all of our career failures and our professional failures as well. And it's also another way to get a job if you play your cards right. So some people would rather, I shared my rejection resume. I remember I shared it on LinkedIn and it was an interviewer at Goldman Sachs, a hiring manager at Goldman Sachs that I was interviewing for a position for. He reached out to me in private message on LinkedIn saying, man, mm -hmm. your rejection resume is kind of tough. And personally, I kind of regret not taking you on the team. So now it's it's more so it, <laughs> nice. it's, it's more so of advantage, yeah. Yeah, it's also a way of, you know, showcasing and being transparent about yourself because people on social media in general, people like to highlight their successes. And it's funny because on the 18th, I believe it's the 18th of March, we're in this weird setting where it's everyone needs to get placed, right? It's placement day. As far as medical students, medical students need to get placed, you know, it's match day as well. Match days are coming up. We're getting excited. And I see yeah. on social media, I see on Instagram and LinkedIn, oh, I'm a doctor now. You know, I've been placed at this residency. And well, what about those students that did not get placed, that did not get matched? Let's talk about that. I want to talk about how, you you know, someone failed so many times and how you bounce back because that makes your story perfect to you and what you're all about. A rejection resume is basically that. It's just like, how can we showcase our lowlights and talk about it? Share it. Yeah, I want to go into the word showcase because first of all, I'm thinking like, man, I need a rejection resume for my own clarity to realize the things that I overcame to get to where I am today. And just in general, reminding myself that A, I'm not perfect, but B, if I go through these tough points in life that I was able to move past it. But when you say showcase this rejection resume, am I really getting this thing out there on social media? Is that what you're suggesting? Are you suggesting I send this out to recruiters? How do I do this? I wouldn't send it out to recruiters. However, <laughs> I would share it. I would share it. I would okay. share it on LinkedIn. Yeah, I would share it on social share media. Share it on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that way, it's more so of an introspective type of story where you're being transparent to everyone that supports you, your advisors, mm. your mentors, your sponsors. Okay. So when you're applying for a job, I wouldn't suggest that you 
upload your rejection resume in there because they'll be like, whoa, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> however, <laughs> like just however, your rejection resume. <laughs> <laughs> rejection resume. <laughs> however, it fits your story to share it on LinkedIn. It will, not only okay. will it boost your self-esteem, you get a few hundred likes. I can assure you that. You get a few hundred likes, some comments. You get a conversation going on, you know, how you've overcame success and how you became successful, despite the fact that you have failed so many times. So I don't want to incite a challenge, but a rejection resume challenge is, you know, why not? Why not, you know, use a rejection <laughs> a rejection resume challenge sounds great, but I would not dwell on the fact that it's embarrassing to share your negative. I don't want people to be embarrassed. And me personally, that's my story. This is who I am. I would not be having this conversation if I did not share my story. And if I only shared the fact that I've obtained my doctorate at the age of 24 and I live in the past and I've, you know, I've graduated with my bachelor's degree in mathematics in 20 and I don't want to dwell on that. That's nice. That's yeah. cool. But when it comes to the book, the reason why I wrote the book is because I wanted to respond to the people that said, man, he must have gotten it so easy. He must have had a, a yeah. silver spoon in his mouth. Yeah. So we want to talk about that. We want to talk and share how we failed and how we overcome failure. Yeah, I think this is a whole nother can of worms, but the thought just popped in my head that just we're having so many people who are becoming depressed, so many people who are just this mental health crisis right now because a lot of people have these expectations for themselves and they're not meeting it or they're seeing you know people on social media and only the good things, but they're not taking into account reality. And I think this rejection resume is reality to the fullest, essentially, because we are not all the highlights of our lives. We are not all accomplishments. We are the things that ended up causing those accomplishments. We are grit and all of those things. And so this is why I love the concept of rejection resume. I'm so glad I was able to meet you to have this conversation because I think this is one thing that the job search landscape or the career landscape is missing right now is being able to talk about these things. So and the other thing that you said, which is the rejection resume, you're not supposed to just be showcasing all negative, like, oh, this is bad. This is boohoo. It's really the positive that came from the negative. It's almost like if the interviewer asked you the question, what is your greatest weakness? Well, now you know from listening to the Career Warrior podcast that the best way to answer that question is to show how you are improving from the weakness and what you're doing to learn and boost your skill set. And so I think with this concept of rejection resume, it shows your resilience, it shows your persistence and your ability to bounce back and become better than ever. That's why I love the rejection resume. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> so let me ask, you've already answered a lot of the why. It's like being able to be somewhat vulnerable, maybe attract the right kind of attention and also just being clear and honest with ourselves. But can you think of any other good reasons, practical reasons why job seekers should have a rejection resume? I always believe that when it comes to understanding your skills, we tend to learn from our mistakes. Most of the time, the mistakes that we take on, is it's not our fault, right? However, we have to take the blame for our mistakes. And the blame that we take on ourselves, it can be self-inflicting as well. So perhaps, you know, I remember one time I was interviewing at Goldman Sachs for an internship role. I got rejected at Goldman. However, I remember sharing too much information when the interview, when the hiring manager was asking me, you know, certain questions, from what I understood, I felt like I was taking five minutes per question to, to try to woo the hiring manager. And those questions were just 30 seconds, like, you know, a 30 second pitch, understanding, you know, like you don't need to take too much time to share much information. And I just remember just trying to like 
woo the hiring manager. So that's another thing. It's a, it's a practical thing is you don't have to share much information, right? Communication is key. I look at my rejection resume and there are things that I needed to work on, technical skills. There are some jobs that require much more technical skills than other roles. It's a reality check where when I look at my rejection resume, as far as taking on the practical things that I can move forward, it's more so a reality check, understanding that I have to understand like, okay, my technical skills need to be up to par for this role and understanding situational type of you know questions and scenarios as well. And it shaped me to who I am today, understanding that you know I may not have what it took you know, to get the job or to get the role that I wanted to in the past, but I'm prepared now. So when it comes to the rejection resume, the practical implication is proper preparation prevents poor performance in the future. I love it. I love it. That's basically the practical implication. You're going to prepare yourself to be better. That's basically it, you know, and only you can write your rejection resume. So that's okay. Like you have to understand you have to be prepared now. I feel some sort of, I used to be so good at these episodes back in the day of challenging our listeners and and getting very practical, but I feel some sort of challenge coming on now. I mean, you said the rejection resume challenge, but listeners, if you're listening to this right now, I'm not going to make you submit this on LinkedIn just yet, even though I think it could behoove you, but just come up with some bullet points right now about times in the past where you've been rejected. I think if listeners just get started on paper see what happens from that i think that some really good things can happen from that so anything else you would add to that challenge eli i just want people to get this on paper right now like when have you been rejected in the last what five to ten years and how have you come back from that you know if you're really interested in the organization that rejected you try to reapply you know try to reapply in in the future you can look at your resume also contrast with your rejection resume to see, okay, what could I have done differently? And you can always reapply. You know, it's not the end all be all. It's a part of your story. So we oftentimes when we say, oh, I got rejected, I'll never apply to that position again. I'll never apply to that organization again. No, go ahead, reapply, yeah. reapply yeah. and you'll see what happens. We, we, know, we never know what happens. And also you can take your lessons from your rejection resume and you can fail forward. Even if you reapply and you've got rejected again, you can add that onto your rejection resume, but you can also improve yeah. your resume and reapply again. So it's, yeah. it's, it's always your opportunity to be great. Yeah. One of my favorite stories is comes from one of our clients who ended up applying to a job. This is a Fortune 50 company. It was his dream job and he got rejected. I think it was an auto rejection after we ended up you know, talking about it, but he ended up applying to the same exact position, same exact company think six months later, and he ended up final round interviewing and getting the job or his dream job after getting rejected just six months prior. And so I think that story is great because not only does it reaffirm what you just said about rejection and reapplying, but also the fact that you don't know why you got rejected sometimes. Perhaps it's because, you know, in his case, he ended up sending it and his resume got rejected through the whatever system was using to filter out resumes. And so, you know, I think it's important in that regard not to take things personally because you just don't know why. You don't know where, what systems are in place or, you know, what mindset people have when they're looking through your candidacy. So when you said don't take things too personal, that's another tidbit that, you know, people like, especially our listeners can grasp. When we think of competition, it's another thing. We tend to say we're competing against ourselves and 
that's where we tend to blame ourselves for some things. And it's important to put blame on ourselves but and be accountable. But at the same time, you have to understand that your competition is not yourself. It's not the person that you're looking in the mirror. And we're taught that, you know, oh, comp- we're in competition with ourselves and, you know, I'm competing with no one else but myself. And I just tend to disagree. The competition, believe it or not, is time. Time is your greatest competition. That's your greatest competitor here. And there's a variety of reasons why we would have to place our focus on getting our time right. Because time is always constant. It's one of our greatest yeah. assets, but that's who we need to compete against. That's basically it. So I asked you that same exact question the last time we spoke. And you, I was like, how do you not take things personally? It's because you realize you're competing against that time. And it doesn't behoove yourself to get to wallow in the rejection and to wallow in the pain and suffering. It's because time is going by. And the more, the quicker you're able to recover and bounce back from that rejection, the more time you have to end up being more successful and getting what you want later on. So I think it's great. And can you talk about the concept of the rent being due every day? I think we missed that every day, but you had a great, great quote earlier. Yeah, rent is due every day. That's another thing. Also, when it comes to the chapter, that was the second chapter of the book, rent is being due every day. And I also talked about how time is our greatest competitor. So when we think of our rent, right? We pay off our rent. And the currency that we use is money, right? We use our paper dollar or we use money to finance the rent. But when we think of rent being due it every day, the currency on our end is our effort, right? When we think of sweat equity, right? It's basically the 10,000 hours, right? When we think of those and 10,000 hours, it's a unit of time, right? That means that we are competing against time in order for us to perfect our craft. Right. So when we think of rent being due every day, we wake up every day, we have a set of goals to accomplish, whether we complete the goals or we fail, we fail to complete those goals. The effort in it, that's basically paying off our rent. The landlord is our goals. The landlord will always be our goal. And the landlord will always change as you see you progress over time. So you always have to pay rent always, all the time. However, the goals will be our different landlords, right? Sometimes when we have to renew our lease, it's a new set of goals. So that new lease is that, that's the the new set of goals. And that effort is paying off that rent. That's basically our currency here. And that's when rent is being due every day, you understand and you will have a different type of framework and mindset towards utilizing your time wisely. And time management is is key here in, in this case. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that analogy. I think it's genius. And you said something, you said the phrase, a new set of goals. And I even heard it come up, you know, at some point earlier in the podcast. But what happens if I don't land my dream job or whatever that I think I'm supposed to be moving into? Is there a moment where I decide that I should just give up or decide that I need to realign? Because quite frankly, one of the topics of this episode almost was, and I think you even pitched this, like, when to realize when your dream job might be out of reach or something like that. So could you delve into that just a little bit more about when to realign or whether I should just decide to give up or not? We don't want to give up. That's number one. Yeah. I mean, giving up on a specific job, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if I didn't get into my dream job at, let's just say, PwC or, yeah, I don't know, something like that, Acme, whatever it is. Okay. So you didn't get your dream job or your dream role at PwC, but you can still get into PwC in a different way. You may not have to be an employee there. When I wanted to become a student at Columbia University, I wanted to become a student. 
Not in a million years would I end up being on the faculty and a staff here at, at Columbia. I never thought in a million years that I would be on the faculty, let alone be a student there. If your goal is to, is to become, like, is to get that dream job at PwC, you may not get your dream job because it may, it may be out of reach. And there's an article that I put out there. There are different reasons why your dream job is out of reach. And one mm. of the reasons why your yeah. dream job may be out of reach is because your goals are constantly changing. Not only are your goals constantly changing, since your goals are changing, that goalpost moves at the, at the same time. And also, you may not be the dream candidate or the dream employee for that dream job that you're looking for. If you want to get into PwC as an accountant, right, that role as an accountant may not be the role that PwC want for you. You may not be that dream candidate for that role. However, if you want to get into operations or software engineering at PwC, yeah. you can still get into PwC at a different capacity. You don't have to dwell on yourself being that, man, I, I didn't get that job, that particular job, I should quit, rather than realign yourself and you know shift your goals a little bit. You may end up at PwC, but you may end up at PwC at a different capacity than what your idea would like to look for. So when I look at dream jobs, it may be out of reach and you may not get it, you may not ever get it, but you may still end up being at the institution or if you can't find a job there, you never know. You may end up opening up your own, you know, store or you may end up your own operation where PwC may be your client or PwC may partner right. with you. So you never really know. The tables will yeah. always turn in your favor as well. That makes a lot of sense. Or I think it's funny. I'm, I'm getting a little bit meta here, but one of my dream jobs when I was younger was being like a radio host. I've never actually applied to be a radio host. I've been told I have like a, a radio voice for like my whole life. But I was like, you know what? I just think that might be out of reach. But I ended up starting this company and a podcast that came from it. And I think in a way I have been living my dream job ever since I was a kid in doing this podcast, I think, and being able to use, I guess, use that gift, so to speak. So I think it's great. I think that tells people to just to open up their minds a little bit and just to realize where their core values are and where their core desires are inside. It doesn't have to be so locked into that one role at that one company. And I think that's where people get, you know, stressed, anxious, disappointed and can't let go. So I think that's a really good message. All right. I'm going to make you uncomfortable here, put you a little bit on the spot, but I think you've done some pretty insane things at such a young age. I mean, Forbes has listed you as one of their overachievers under 30. And I imagine it took a lot of grit, a lot of stamina to get there. So what would you recommend to other superstars who were just as ambitious in maintaining or even like growing that resilience muscle and being able to get strong so that way they can continue to be ambitious without burning out? I always believe that every reaction have a response. There's always a response to everything that you do. Right. And let's say if you reach out, let's say if you, I'm inspired by your story, Chris, and I want to reach out to you. Now, there's a possibility that you may not reach out to me. Right. I may not have a response from you. That is no response is a response. Right. And whether it may be a positive response or a negative response, you may take it as, as you want to take it. But no response is a response. And at the same time, even if you get a positive response or a negative response, you still have to push forward. You never should stop and, and say, man, I'm going to quit at doing at, at, at what I need to do. You just have to realign, refocus, refocus and realign, come up with another strategy. And by the way, once again, when I say that rent is being do it every day, that rejection that, that I get from Chris or that rejection that I get from someone that I'm trying to reach out to, 
That's my effort. That's my way of paying my rent. That's my way of equity because one day I may not get a response today. I may not accomplish what I need to accomplish today. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. It may not be next year. However, one day I will get over the top. That's basically that. When I tell myself, you know, how I'm going to tell like someone that, that needs to achieve something or that's inspired by my work and my story, you just cannot stop. You can't just stop at what you do. Yeah, you can't just stop at what you do because you don't get a favorable outcome. It is what it is. You just move on. And that's when you have that steel mindset and how I talk about it, the Black Air Force One mindset where, all right, you may not get a response from me, but someone's going to respond to me one day, way somehow. Yeah. And here's another question I need to ask yourself. How far are you willing to take it? How far are you willing to go to get what you want? That's basically what that mindset is all about. That's the my thing. Yeah, that's that mindset. How far are you willing to go to get what you need to get in life? Well, Dr. Eli Joseph, I love it. Such great, encouraging words for listeners. Wanted to hear if you had any last encouraging words, or I'll phrase it this way. If you could tattoo one encouraging message for every career warrior applying for a job, what message would that be? That's a good question, Chris. If I want to tattoo, <laughs> I ask right. this for every guest, like over most of the guests. So it's just like, I love the question. It works every time. So let's hear it. All right. So here's the model that, that I go by. If it's possible to complete something that was impossible, then it is possible that nothing is impossible. Okay. I'm going to say it again. If it's possible to complete something that you thought was impossible, then it is possible that nothing is impossible. Why do you think world records exist? exist? World records, they exist for a reason. We never yeah. thought it was possible to accomplish them until it was possible to accomplish them. Yeah. So as we progress, we realize that nothing is really impossible. I love it. I think we want to inspire our job seekers and our listeners. And I think this episode has done so. And so I thank you for all of this. And I think, again, case in point, you've done so much in your career already that you know we're not trying to encourage people don't compare yourself to others here that's not what this is it's run your own race and compete against time you are your biggest ally which is something that you said earlier i think that's so so darn important so thank you so much eli i thought you were great let's hear about this book the perfect rejection resume a reader's guide to building a career through failure tell us again about why you wrote it and what is one key message that i will come away with as a reader so the reason why I wrote the book, The Perfect Rejection Resume, is more so of a response to everyone saying, you must have it easy. You have a silver spoon in your mouth. Everything was handed to you. And it's a response saying, no, you know, you may look at as far as my accomplishments and it's available and it's public. However, there's a lot of things that are private that, you know, I've held on to. And here's the book that basically responds to, it's a complete opposite to those who say, you know, what, I must have it easy in life. Yeah. That's why I wrote the book. And as far as one key takeaway from the book, you realize that, you know, this is the last chapter. You realize that, you know, only God can judge you. No trace, no case. If you don't have a trace for your failures to basically prepare you to success, you have no case to becoming great. You know, you have to accomplish those failures. That's an accomplishment. To fail is an accomplishment. So that way you can, you know, pick yourself back up and move right along. It is. So, Yep. It so, is. yep. If no trace, no case, you have to document your failures. You have to walk away. You have to get that rejection resume going. And if your rejection resume is not as prominent as your rejection, as your resume itself, then you, yeah. you're not doing something that you're supposed to be doing. And that's the key takeaway. You have to create that rejection resume and you have to build that through 
hours, hours of effort. And if you, have, if you don't have no trace for your success and no trace for your, from your failures, then you have no case. I love it. And I can tell just through this podcast, doing the interview with you and some of the references you made about the book is you've done everything you can to make it relatable and digestible for listeners. So thank you so much for putting your message out there and doing a service for the people out there who are looking to have and live their best lives. So thank you for that. And thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Perfect. All right, listeners, this wraps up episode 262 of the Career Warrior Podcast. So glad we got into the concept of rejection. And remember, you are running your own race, and it is time that you keep persisting and keep moving through so you can end up where you need to be. We've touched upon this topic of rejection and failure before in the past, but I don't think we've delved into it just quite as much as we did today. So I'm really grateful to Dr. Eli Joseph for this episode, and I'm grateful for all of you listeners for tuning in today and working to become the best version of yourselves. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and please leave a review. We are on Apple Podcasts and every other platform. The one where most of our listeners are is Apple Podcasts. So please, it would mean a lot to me if you left a recommendation there as this will help get the podcast marketed to other job seekers going through the same thing as you. Listeners, this wraps up episode 262. Can't wait to see you next time. Career Warrior Podcast. And before you go, remember, if you're not seeing the results you want in your job search, our highly trained team of professional resume writers here at Let's Eat Grandma can help. Head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast to get a free resume critique and $70 off any one of our resume writing packages. We talk all the time on the show about the importance of being targeted in your job search. And with our unique writing process and focus on individual attention, you'll get a resume, cover letter, and LinkedIn profile that are highly customized and tailored to your goals to help you get hired faster. Again, head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. 